This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. Uh, good 4th of July to one and all. Hour in, two hours left to play with. Uh, Zach Gelb sitting in for Taz. Mark Malusis with you. It is Taz and the Moose on this Thursday morning, the 4th of July. CBS Sports Radio as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. You've got Brian and James across the way at the controls. John Fast with your updates. And uh, a couple hours left to go, right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. Join us, top of the third and final hour. Uh, going to be joined by uh, former Nets GM and executive. Uh, Billy King is going to join us. And we'll talk about the association, the Kawhi decision, why no decision as of yet, and where do we go from here, and just kind of his reaction to what has transpired so far and what has been uh, – a very, very busy uh, NBA offseason, Zach, up until this point in time. It's a little funny with Billy King, too, because I wonder what he's thinking, because he was the general manager of the Nets. He made that big trade, which at the time was extremely popular. At the time it was, correct. Garnett, you got uh, Paul Pierce, even Jason Terry, and it was the right move, and it was one of those moves that you make to try to chase the Knicks in terms of trying to get some attention inside of New York. Well, trace the championship. Yeah. Right, and, to try and, and win a title. And it blew up in his face? It did. It did. And and now, and you know, you grew up a Net fan, Zach. We were talking about it during the course of the break. Um, that goes down as, as one of the worst trades in NBA history. And I'd be complete utter phony and fraud if I came on and said, uh, I hate it from the word go, which I didn't. Um, I like the aggressiveness. I didn't value the first-round draft choices. Uh, I thought if you win an NBA title, it would be it's worth, worth it. it. Right. They didn't win an NBA championship, and they helped rebuild the Boston Celtics. I mean, that's that's ultimately what that happened, what happened there, and that that deal will be one of, uh, one of caution for every other organization of those maybe being a little bit over-excessive when chasing the ring because that's the example of what not to do. It, it, the most memorable moment from that era, I, I guess if you call it an era, right. is Jason Kidd spilling that cup of water. It's, <laughs> it's the most memorable moment 
from that quote unquote, you know, new Nets uh, well, team was kids spilling that water to get the uh, the extra time right. uh, with this who, players. Wasn't there a player? Who's the player? A player bumped into him. I don't remember who and the player he, he was. And he instructed the player to oh, bump yeah, he, into him. You, he, instru- you see, he goes, bump me. He, he right. mounted to him. Bump and then, me. And then, he, and then he purposely drops the glass, the plastic cup that had the water and the ice in it. Onto the floor, and then as a net fan, kid was my my favorite player growing up. They would do yeah. the introduction, six foot four out of Cal. You'd pause, you get the quick Jason Kidd scream, yes. which was great. And then as a coach, he was one of the players that really got me, or coaches that got me really frustrated with the organization and that dynamic. Because after one year, after when the team underachieved, you're going to try to go get all the power. It didn't make sense. To me. No, that didn't make sense. But, you know, the, the Nets were always an organization in search of relevancy, right? I mean, and, you know, as you, know, as, as you, as you were a Nets fan growing up and, and they were again to the NBA finals. No one cared and, still? Uh, no, nobody did because it was still in Knicks town. Now that's changed, right? And I think the way that they played a year ago, the fact that they are Brooklyn, I think if this team, if the Nets were still in Jersey, I don't think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are both coming I think the fact that they call Brooklyn home, I think certainly played a role as they tried to gain a little bit of a foothold in New York City, Zach, and and cut into that Nick fan base and understanding the frustration level of the Nick fan. And you can make a similar argument to you know that of the Clipper fan out in Los Angeles sure. and what they're trying to do right now with Kawhi Leonard because you know Chris Paul talked about when he was a member of the Clippers and you know and. You know, going to a Dodger game, throwing out the first pitch, getting booed. You know, showing up at a a sporting goods store out there in L.A. trying to buy a Clipper hat, couldn't find one for his son. Hmm. Um, you know, they're you know they're the kind of the redheaded stepchild in Los Angeles. It's the Lakers, and then it's you know five six levels below. Then it's the Los Angeles Clippers. Same thing can be said. Now the Nets are changing that narrative. The Clippers can change that narrative if they get Kawhi. The question is, will Kawhi choose them as they're one of the three finalists? And like we said earlier, if that is if he's going to leave Toronto, I want him to go to the Clippers so we don't have that whole super team dynamic. Yep. But you know, with the the Knicks and and the Nets relationship, it also shows you too. And there's no doubt about it, hardcore Knicks fans that will never root for the Nets. But there's so many people in New York that just want to see a winning basketball product again. Like, the Nets had no chance of beating the Sixers in this playoff series, even though, you know, the, the games were close. They didn't have a chance to win, and look how packed the, the, the those that building was and the resale value on the tickets were the, the highest in the league, and this was a team that was in the bottom of attendance. Well, the I mean, Elizabeth, Zach, and, and you've grown up all your life around sports, and, and, you know, as have I, but, you know, you've gone to a lot of big sporting events, and um, and you're, you know, a Patriot fan. You've gone to Super Bowls, everything. People want to be at events. Uh, they do. Uh, people want to be, you know, the – there are, you know, there are not, there are true blue, as you mentioned, hardcore fans. And then there are fans that sway with the wind. So if the wind is with this team in a particular year, they're all of a sudden a fan of this team. And they want to show up at Madison Square Garden or pick organization or pick building. If the wind sways another way, they're going to go to that team, right? So, you know, and now it'll be interesting to see the Brooklyn Nets when Durant a year from now is healthy. Um, and ready to come back, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be the team in New York City, and that place, I imagine, is going to be packed. And I think the Nets will be a very, very difficult ticket. You know, they they came out you know, soon after they the the announcement that both Durant and Kyrie Irving were coming. The hell, who cares about DeAndre Jordan or or Garrett Temple or Wilson Chandler? 
Uh, the Nets announced that the the cheapest ticket they could buy for season tickets was four thousand. I mean, 4, I actually called game. the ticket office. I mean, insane. The, the day after, just to see a, a yeah. twenty game plan at the time, you could be upper deck, second row, in the corner. It was eighteen hundred for for one ticket. You know, at, at, you know, to the twenty games, and then I said, ah, I'm not interested. I was never going to buy a ticket. So ninety anyway. bucks a ticket. You, you call back the the next hour wasn't even. Close to still being available. Yeah, not even available. That's so, good math by the year right away. Well, yeah, there you Mental go. Mental math right there. <laughs> there you Lewis. go. So, I mean, you look at it, but Zach, that shows you what that can do and how that can change. And listen, the Clippers have had some runs in Los Angeles. We all remember Lob City, and it wasn't all that long ago, and and everyone looked at them as being a championship-caliber team. They were never able to finish it. Now, if they're able to add Kawhi, Kawhi has got this belief and performance around him that basically – he can raise the level of everybody. I mean, he went into Toronto for a Raptor organization that has known nothing but regular season success in recent memory. And, and disappointment in the, in the postseason. Postseason failure. And what did he do? He delivered a championship. If he's able ever to go out, and that's where you talk about legacies. And we've seen great trios and duos in the NBA. And if he goes to the Lakers, that might be the greatest trio that we've seen in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, you can maybe make the argument greatest collection of three talents on one team and in the history of the league. It, it would be remarkable, especially given the guy's ages. But what's better for his legacy? Joining the Lakers, building or bringing a championship to Los Angeles as a member of the Clippers, or continuing the success up in Toronto with the Raptors? It's, it's oh, well, you know what? When you break it down, the Lakers would be of the lowest of importance because of the fact that if he goes there, it's assumed you're going to win every year in terms of the legacy. Would it be more important to continue what you're doing in Toronto or go and add another dragon to slay and trying to get the Clippers a championship? Because then you could get that Theo Epstein type of situation where it's, oh, I, I won with the Red Sox and then I won with Chicago and I brought two franchises back. If he does that with the Clippers too, it's, it's and he's one with the Spurs. It's going to be tough to find uh, any knock on that resume. No, right, and 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 I think that would probably be if you want to look at quote unquote a resume builder. I think if he went to Los Angeles as a member of the Clippers and raised the level, the Q rating of that organization, and won a title when LeBron was wearing a Laker uniform. I mean, game, set, match, no? I mean, is there anything of greater value? I mean, certainly winning the championship, he's going to get paid, I get all that. But in, in, in your place in NBA history, to now go then to a third team and, say, deliver a championship there, I mean, that's as good of an accomplishment. I'd be honest with you, I think that accomplishment would be more remarkable than LeBron's consecutive runs to the NBA Finals. I think it would be more, more, more remarkable than anything LeBron James has done. I think you can make that argument because the San Antonio run, yes, the collection of talent, to go to Toronto and then Los Angeles as a member of the Raptors and the Clippers and to win NBA titles, that to me is bigger than delivering the, the city of Cleveland an NBA championship. What happens if he returns to Toronto, though? Let's say they give him the five-year deal. He doesn't do this one-and-done uh, one type of situation, one-and-one. And let's say in the next five years he wins two championships, two more championships in Toronto. Then and you're building four overall. Then you're building a dynasty yeah. in Toronto in a place where it was good regular seasons the last few years and complete disappointment. And I think sometimes because we're here in America, we don't really understand fully how significant – 
that championship was to Toronto. That's where, a good point. You know, you have Jurassic Park where you first see Jurassic Park and you look at it and you laugh. You go, you know, why are all these idiots standing outside of the stadium before a game where you don't even get to see it? Well, why do that? And you had people camping out there a day, two days in advance of some of these games. And, hey, I've had some people in Toronto tell me, and I get it, hockey's always going to reign supreme there, but basketball with younger people there is significantly growing. Oh, no doubt. It's a great no. ambassador for the game, having oh, no. a team relevant well, And he's the face of basketball for an entire country. Yeah. I mean, it, you, look, you, you look at the numbers for half the country at one point in time watched the NBA Finals. Think about that. At one point in time, half the country watched the NBA Finals. In America, you're looking at 18, 19 million people. You know, it's a pimple on the fanny when you compare it up to Canada. Now, we know, obviously, population uh, is a little bit different uh, up there in Canada as compared to the United States. Um, I think he has a chance if if we play out what you said, Zach, and he goes back to Toronto and is a Raptor and wins two more championships in the span of the next five years. How about just one, actually? Say one more title. And he's got three overall, and, he, and he's got two with the same organization. Yeah, I think for that country, I think he becomes one of the legendary athletes uh, in Canadian sports history. And I, I think when you look at what he has done in the NBA, I mean, certainly he's on his way. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, I think he takes his step into the class, into the same room of the elite of the elites. Uh, I'm not – I think it would be a remarkable accomplishment. Um, a little bit less significant from my perspective than than the Clippers because to go to L.A. and deliver that that organization a championship with the history and how big of a laughing stock they've been – for the majority of my life, what they went through with the embarrassment of Donald Sterling before he was forced to sell the team um, to deliver the Clippers a title, I think it would probably be a greater accomplishment than winning a second title in Toronto. But both would be remarkable. What do you think the league wants him to do? You think I the think, league wants him to go to the, the Lakers uh, and build that super the, team? I think the league is the globalization of the NBA, Zach. I think the league would probably prefer uh, him to stay in Toronto. Because everything we talked about before, you think the league wants to see a super team where you're making the regular season um, unwatchable. I mean, it, there's going to be little to I – mean, you don't have teams battling the Eastern Conference. You know, the teams battling the West and people have the playoff spots on the line. But all the focus is going to be on the Lakers the entire year. The, Adam Silver doesn't want that. Don't you think – you ask me, I'll ask you. Where do you think the league wants to end up? I think I think if you, if you have one of your great players representing the Toronto Raptors – up there in Canada and raising the level and popularity of the sport of basketball, I think that's music to the ears of Adam Silver, no? I think the league would want him to stay in Toronto, or if he leaves, go to the Clippers. And I think it all goes back to if he's not with the Lakers, you have so many teams that have a shot, so maybe it discourages some, more so in the West, from tanking and and playing down. And we all know how much Silver can't stand the tanking. So I think having that hope that we truly don't know who's going to get to the finals. And you see a team this year, yes, they had a great player in Kawhi Leonard, but that wasn't a super team. I think it gives uh, more teams hope uh, compared to if you had a, a player like uh, Kawhi Leonard go well, right to the Well, it's refreshing, right? Yeah. Because we're both huge NFL fans, right? You have, uh, you know, you've been handed God's team with the New England Patriots. Been spoiled. It's, you're right, no doubt about it. At least you admit you've been spoiled with how much success you've had uh, in your early life rooting for your, your football squad, the Patriots. But... The word in the NFL is parity, right? They they love the fact that any given year, any team can rise up and maybe go from worst to first or go from 
non-existent to playoff team to go from playoff team on the periphery to uh, a championship caliber team. That's not the case in the NBA. The NBA has been a class system. It's the haves and the have-nots. And if you're part of the have-nots, it's better to be god-awful than to be decidedly average. So there's always been this kind of weighted system in the NBA where there have been lines. There have been lines separating those that are championship caliber, playoff team, and then non-existent. And those lines have been pretty distinct. It would be refreshing if we could put parity in the NBA in the same sentence because I think that would be good for the league. I, I agree with you. I'd be more into NBA basketball knowing that any any of uh, seven, eight, nine teams, if things go right and they stay healthy, could win an NBA championship. And the Lakers, they still may very well, even without Kawhi, could get to the finals this no year. No doubt. Like, if you look through it, Warriors, I know they're hurt, but if Clay returns late, they may have a shot. Uh, Nuggets, Trailblazers, I love what the Jazz have been doing. No doubt. The Rockets, as long as CP3 and Harden don't kill each other, will be fine. Uh, <laughs> Thunder, the the Clippers, if they get Kawhi, yeah. and the Lakers. That's eight teams right there. That's eight. And then it, They have a shot to win a title. Right. And then, you, you know, you go to the East, you got Boston, you got Philadelphia. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, you're going to throw into that mix. Um, the Nets. And, right. The, the Nets. More so next year. More so next year. Toronto, if he's a member of the Rat. I mean, so... Right. I mean, the Eastern Conference won't be as deep as the West in terms of title contention, but it's also not just one team either. That's another thing that could play a factor into this. With how many teams are already deep in the West, and the East has some good teams, if he stays in Toronto, you add Toronto back to that mix, where then it would only be the Bucks, the Sixers, the Celtics, and, and the Nets. So you keep it at then five if he stays at Toronto. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? That's five. Then that's five more than it was with LeBron. Know, four more than it was with LeBron James. It was with LeBron James and everybody else. Yeah. So I mean that that's a step in the right direction. If, uh, if there's no foregone conclusion, so I I think he, I think Adam Silver on this Fourth of July would love to see him ending up back with the Toronto Raptors. I think that's what's best. What's best for the NBA, I think, is him as a member of the Toronto Raptors. The only way they would want him to go to the Lakers, not only just because of how much attention with the Lakers and all that, but then, you know, another thing that could be a problem there, you have two of the game's biggest stars on the West Coast, and, and Kevin Durant isn't playing this year. Yep. So that's a little bit of a problem. But the only argument that would make sense why the league would want him to go to the Lakers, is, for me, how much we have really involved ourselves with chasing these super teams. So then it adds to the free agency hype more so, well, who's going to build that next super team? And it continues to be that talking point. But next year's free agents aren't like this class this year. So you'd be kind of pushing it off probably to what, like 2021? Right, to build 2021. That next super team? But, but Zach, the, the, knock, the knock on that would be this, is that then it's not about the game. Right then, it's then it's about the drama. Then it's about the pursuit. Then it's about what's the next big move. Then it's about rumors and rumblings. But you're not talking about the games. I agree with you, and I think that's an excellent point that you brought up in terms of having then three huge superstars all playing out west. And we both live on the East Coast, right? CBS Sports Radio, for the most part, there are guys like Rome and Bill Ryder that do shows out west, right? But for the most part, the majority of the shows emulate from New York City, and we're East Coast. Um, and we talk national sports, but this is the home base on the East Coast. You know, unless you're, you know, I'm up early doing a morning show. I'm not staying up till one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning to watch 
late NBA basketball. Just can't do it. And we already heard. Unless, unless you want, don't want me to talk straight that morning at 6 o'clock yeah. <laughs> when I'm doing, trying to do a show, Zach. I'm not going to do it. And I, I think that does hurt it. It certainly hurt LeBron this past year with him being at, injuries aside. Well, Silver even talked about yeah. maybe pushing up the start of the, the games. Yeah, but that that the the other issue you have then is then you're hurting the LA fan. Yeah, you're hurting the West Coast fan. There's no solution. If, you have to keep it where it is. Well, you have to keep it where it is because if you do that, then you're saying to yourself, "Wait, I'm not leaving work early yeah. to get myself to a West Coast bet to get myself to a game locally." Game 35, right? You know, so Clippers so, and Lakers, right? So uh, Joe Schmo in Jersey can uh, can make sure that they can get it locked into Laker basketball. I can't do that, can I? Probably not. No, I, I wouldn't change it from the West Coast, but look how popular. You know, you have LeBron, you have Kawhi and AD. If they all go there, I don't want to say it's as if we we won't be watching them because you'll watch them in the playoffs where it's all kind of on a level playing field. But the regular season, you're missing out on on LeBron James. Like, I love watching LeBron James play basketball. I know he was hurt this year. I wasn't staying up that late all the time to watch him play on the Lakers when you knew the regular season wasn't as important as in years past. Yeah, and you're a young guy. You got no wife, no kids either. Throw that into the mix. Well, you actually have an advantage because you have some younger kids, right? I do. So they could wake you up middle of the night. You could flip on the television, have a nice little dad-son moment, watch the game. Zach, listen. I got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. If they're waking up at at 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm watching the Disney Channel. I'm not watching NBA (laughs) basketball. (laughs) Here's a binky and a glass of milk. Be quiet. Let dad watch the game. At some point in time, you'll understand that as well. You'll think back on, uh, you know, when. You know, Young and dumb right now. Yeah, well, yeah, no, you'll think back on it, you know, t- if 10 years, whatever it might be, right? You decide, and maybe you don't, whatever you decide. You have a family that's important in your life. You'll, you'll look back on this conversation and say, yeah, I was a little naive thinking I'm going to be able to watch sports at 1 o'clock in the morning when my son or daughter wake up. No, no, it's, it's a lot of Wreck-It Ralph. It's a lot of Disney movies. It's a lot of Disney Channel. You throw in a little Nickelodeon. I mean, that's basically what it is. You get so cartoon, young cartoon savvy. Throw in a little Sesame Street. That's where you're at when the, when your kid wakes up in the middle of the night. That's right. Right away when child comes out of the womb, you got to have them watch sports only. Don't introduce them to the cartoons. Yeah, you're an old, you're an old, no you're cartoons. Lost. Zach, you're lost. That's not no happen. cartoons. That's not going to happen. Why not? That's not going to happen. How many times do I have to watch Door the Explorer? Well, because you have to. Because, Zach, you, you're robbing them of their childhood. Let me ask you this. Your dad worked in the industry, right? Your, mm-hmm. your dad, Bob. He was uh, Mike and Chris's producer, right? And and uh, now he's out in Alaska celebrating his 60th birthday, right? You were able to watch cartoons when you were growing up, right? I don't remember being a big cartoon fan. I'm telling you, my dad... You were dad watching t- sports right from... You watched nothing else. So you were locked into watching Freddie and Joe LaCava on the Masters? <laughs> <laughs> I, I kid you not. I'm at school. They, they ask you to fill out one of those questionnaires. You're, you're in, like, kindergarten or first grade. They go, right. what's your favorite song? I go, oh, the WFAN jingle. Uh. The Mike and the Mad Dog jingle. I, I kid Zach, you not. Zach, you are an oddity, my friend. <laughs> that is like the, the, I, the shows I, mean, I would watch was like Hey Arnold. That was the the big. Can show you I'd watch. sing the fan uh, the Mike and the Mad Dog jingle right now? Oh, off the top of my head, I I, I have not listened to it. <laughs> Get you the sports anyway that they so you can. were in kindergarten, right? Going hard at going at hard at going at it as hard as they can. So you were in kindergarten. They asked you to fill out basically what your favorite song was, and you said the Mike and the Mad Dog WFAN jingle. Yeah. Teacher wasn't a big sports fan. She had no clue what it was. I'll tell you this. You just put a smile on Mark Chernoff's face. 
Someone has to. 855 <laughs> 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227 is your number to call. Uh, it's Mark Malusis and Zach Gelb. Taz and the Moose with you here on this Thursday morning, the 4th of July. Happy Independence Day, everybody. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Sixteen-year MLB veteran Chase Utley, and you're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's exactly right. On this July Fourth Thursday morning, Zach Gelb filling in for Taz, Mark Malusis with you. We go right up until nine a.m. Eastern time. Billy King will join us, uh, top of the third and final hour. And um, it's a little strange scenario when you're sitting here during the course of the break, and John gets get in here. John Fast is doing updates, right? And John, who's lost a tremendous amount of weight since first I saw him, uh, what was it, about six years ago now, right? Well, six and a half, yeah, yeah when six we and a half years ago, yeah. correct? When we launched, so John looks is in peak physical condition, wow. and then he looks over to Zach, and they're talking about working out and losing weight, and Zach is down about thirty thirty five pounds. And you feel, in, I almost feel in an uncompromised spot where I'm sitting here. I'm like, well, maybe then I should start up the weight loss program as well. As it's Fourth of July, I'm thinking about burgers and hot dogs, and uh, you know, maybe a sausage and pepper sandwich later on. Zach's talking about a nap and working out right after the show. A little spinach uh, well, protein shake. Is that what you're going to be? Is that what's Come on the on. July Fourth diet? Well, I'm going to have uh, a nice barbecue, but for lunch because I already missed the opportunity for breakfast again at this point when you've been up since 3 a.m. Uh, I'm going to have a little strawberry, blueberry, raspberry, spinach with a scoop of chocolate protein and make a little shake. So did you guys go on the low-carb diet, the trend that's overtaken this network? Or I, no? did. I did. You did. About oh, year, that's about a, a thing? About a year we ago. We have a network diet? Well, no. Yes. I think we, no. well, Giannotti went on the low-carb oh, diet. He's emaciated now. Right. Can't Monzo, uh, Mike's producer, Mike Francesa's producer. I shouldn't say the network. The network fan kind of dynamic. He's He's on a low-carb diet as well. Um, John, you went on the low I lost carb? about 20 pounds about a year ago, and then I plateaued and have pretty much kept it off. I've been I've put on between like five and eight since, and then every time I start to say, that's it, I'm going to keep going, because I wasn't done at 20. Right. Something happens. Mother's Day, Father's Day, 4th uh, of there's, July, there's and always, I'm at the point now there's where... There's always something to celebrate. Yeah. At, at exactly. my best, uh, I did not eat bread for a month. Well, that's impressive. You go through that phase where you're exhausted, though. Oh, about two weeks. I went to grandma's house, and she was cooking up some delicious food, and she always has this bread, like all different types of bread, because I, I love bread, and I, I didn't have it. Really? It, it was it was shocking. People thought that there was like how, something how wrong with me. How do you sit me. there? Your your grandmother's making fresh bread, and you sit there and don't have a piece? It was it was tough. Very tough. What's tougher, that or turning down your dad's lasagna? Which I've oh. tried, by the way. Your dad's lasagna is just off the charts. I could not turn down. No disrespect to grandma, but I can't turn down <laughs> the lasagna. So you guys, so it's workout right after today. Now, now I'm a little motivated. I mean, you guys, uh, I mean, my wife's been on my rear end for about not two plural, years. Just Zach. Oh, yeah, just Zach. Not You're me. not going to be working out? Absolutely John's not. lazy now. No, no really. I'm going to go have some some overcooked burgers and steak at my brother-in-law's. Oh, he's a terrible cook? No, he's not listening. Overcooked he's not a terrible steak? cook. He's not a terrible cook. Why don't you hop on that grill, John? You're the you're the chef of the I family. I grill at my house. You don't, No, you got to step in. disrespectful. And, you know, they just like it a little more well done than I do. Oh, you like a medium steak rare well burger? Done? 
they uh, every more well done than I do. Uh, I, I don't want to overly criticize. I like my steak medium rare, my burgers medium. Yes, and I, and I don't get them that way unless I'm the one cooking. Yes, oh, there you go. That, that that's how you should. Order and I'm not going to step burger. on his toes. It's his house. It's his grill. So you're back to eating bread, Zach. You're back to eating bread, or no? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, you do eat bread then. now. Yeah, now you do. Now you're back into. Can't it. Can't live my whole life without eating. Bread. I, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. The goal weight. How you're down 35? How much more weight do you want to lose? I'd like to lose another 20. You got to remember, Zach is a, a, a large, a large young human man. being. Right, he's about six five. So is that about right? Six yeah, four, six, six five. Yeah, six four and a half. Yeah, six four and a half, six five. So enough. Zach's a Zach's a big a big kid. I mean, really, a good guy. I mean, good young man. I should say, not kid. And so when when uh, first time I, I met him, I was like, "Gee, you should be playing like offensive line somewhere." They yeah. tried to get me to play offensive line was at a temple. They were down the bodies. This is a true story. Matt Rule and I were very close. Yeah. So there's a new offensive line coach, this guy Chris Wiesahan, and they're playing a prank on him. Yeah. And they told him I was a recruit. And then he found out that I was the team broadcaster. He goes, Zach, bleep your broadcasting career. We need you to play left tackle. <laughs> and that you did not step in. No. No. Good for good for the head. Yeah, there you go. That is confidence. You got the size. Building. Yes, you does. Just not the ability. I played high, no, I played high school ball. <laughs> I'm just joking. I was JV9 offensive lineman oh, of the JV9 year. JV9 Are you serious? I'm going to pancake uh, your block into the next update. Uh, Do you, you remember the movie Doc Hollywood? Yes. Woody Harrelson was saying, you know, I could have been a doctor. It was the science part I had trouble with. <laughs> so I'm just paraphrasing uh, that. John, take it away, brother. All right, guys, this report is sponsored by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The Angels back at it again last night. Second straight game following the sudden death of teammate Tyler Skaggs on Monday and their second straight win. Angels beat the Rangers in Arlington 6-2. Jaime Berea taking Skaggs' place on the roster. He got the W. He struck out eight over five innings of two-run ball. Mike Trout went deep twice. Said Skaggs is definitely looking down on them. I know he's always going to be watching. You know, just uh, he was a big part of this team, and I know he's uh, he's up there watching us. Elsewhere in the American League, the Rays' four-game winning streak is over. They lost to the Orioles nine-six. Blue Jays knocked around Chris Sale six-three over the Red Sox. Sale gave up five runs on nine hits, including three home runs. Twins over the A's four-three and twelve. Nine strikeouts, six scoreless from Mike Clevenger. Indians beat the Royals 4-0, and the White Sox swept a doubleheader from the Tigers. 7-5 in Game 1, 9-6 in Game 2. Jose Abreu walked it off with a three-run blast in the 12th. National League Dodgers picked up their fifth straight walk-off win at home. They beat the Diamondbacks 5-4 in 10. Cody Bellinger ended it with a homer, his second of the game. Braves rallied past the Cubs 6-5. Chicago's lost four straight and seven of nine. Braves over the Phillies 9-2. Reds blanked the Brewers 3-0. Nationals on top of the Marlins 3-1. Giants swept the Padres 7-5. Interleague Astros won their fifth straight 4-2 over the Rockies. Cards beat the Mariners 5-2 with five runs in the ninth. And the Yankees wrapping up their Subway Series against the Mets at City Field. Here's the payoff. Swung on and hit in the air to deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Gia Oshella drills one into the left field seats. Oshella, the most happy fella. That's John Sterling on Yankees Radio. Gia Oshella going back-to-back with Didi Gregorius. Yanks win it 5-1. to one. And some big news on that front. John Sterling, who turns 81 today, mm. will not be calling a game on the radio for the first time in 30 years. 
The New York Post was the first to report Sterling's been under the weather. He's taking the four-game series in St. Petersburg off. You couple that with the All-Star break, he gets himself some rest and the ability to recharge. Amazing run. I mean, what an unbelievable run for Sterling. Every years. game for 30 Crazy. years. Crazy. Crazy. Hopefully, I'm, and hopefully he's back in good voice and feeling great after the All-Star break. Well, my favorite John Sterling memory, I once called him to come on my show when I was doing local radio in Trenton, New Jersey, which yeah. Moose actually popped on a few times. I did. Uh, no, no one probably heard the interview because when I was on that station, you, it, it was about a 500-watt station. Well, um, it was, but it was a good time. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah. So That's baseball. So I called Sterling to come on the show, and he calls me back, and I didn't pick it up, but I was away from my phone, and he leaves me a voicemail. Same person on the air as he is off the air. When he's on the voicemail, oh, hey, safe. this is John Sterling, the play-by-play voice of the Yankees. You could call me after the game because I'll be in traffic for a long time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, and, and then he goes, hi, right, talk to you soon. Say hello, everyone. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. I was like, this is, this is play-by-play on, on a voicemail. Uh, it's, but he is a, exactly what he is as a play-by-play man on the radio is exactly what he is off the air as well. Same guy, same person, and your story plays that point. Mm-hmm. Just the same guy. Day four at Wimbledon, guys. Top seeded Ashley Barty and Sloan Stevens picking up quick straight set victories. And from soccer, the United States men's team knocked off Jamaica in the Gold Cup semis, three to one. They'll take on Mexico in the final on Sunday at Soldier Field. And in the Women's World Cup, the Netherlands outlasted Sweden one nil in extra time. They'll square off with the United States in Sunday's final. All right, John. Thank you, brother. 855-212-4227. Mark Malusa, Zach Gelb with you on this Thursday morning. Good 4th of July to one and all. We'll get into a little NFL, some news and notes out there, some good news if you're the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. They came down surrounding Ezekiel Elliott. We'll get into that next. Good 4th, everybody. Happy Thursday. Thanks for being locked in. Series at XM206. The app as well. Check us out. Radio.com. Apple Podcast. Download that podcast each and every day. And we thank all of our great affiliates across the country. Billy King, top of the hour. Little football. Little Zeke talk next. Zach Gell, Mark Malusa, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. All right, Mark Melissa, Zach Gell with you here on this uh, 4th of July Thursday. Hopefully everyone out there has a safe, healthy, enjoys it, family, friends, barbecue, whatever you might be doing to ring in uh, July 4th here on this national holiday. Uh, have a good time with it. As we keep you entertained for the next uh, 90 minutes or so, right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, Zach, and uh, a little less than. As we kick it off, uh, good news if you're a Cowboy fan yesterday is that uh, word comes out of the NFL offices in midtown Manhattan that there will be uh, no suspension uh, for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, we know Zeke has had trouble controlling himself, has had control trouble with his behavior away from the football field. Uh, remember St. Patrick's Day Parade 2017, uh, unbeknownst to a woman pulling her shirt down. Um, but this uh, stems from an incident in May out in Las Vegas, Nevada. was at seeing a concert with his girlfriend. Uh, it looked like late into the night. Um, and he uh, decided to, it wasn't a violent push, but it was a push nonetheless with his shoulder push over a security guard um, into kind of uh, some steel barrier. 
that gentleman decided not to press charges. They did an investigation. He met with Goodell. He then promptly apologized Goodell. He issued a statement saying, I'm trying to do things the right way away from the football field, even with this video being out there. And um, you didn't expect the Cowboys after that meeting that he had with uh, Goodell said they did not expect a suspension. Word came down in the league offices yesterday. Uh, Ezekiel will not be suspended by the NFL. I'm convinced if you go into this meeting that the commissioner says, Here I was, here's how it's going to play out. I'm either going to suspend you this amount of games, I'm going to do this, but if you do what I tell you to do, the punishment will be lessened. And Ezekiel Elliott in this case did what he was told to do, I think, issued the apology and all that, and they probably said if you do this, you, you won't get suspended. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you, you, you mean you're talking about basically he sits down with Goodell and Goodell lays it out where if you throw yourself at the mercy, first. issue a pop. Right, here's the story. I mean, you saw the video, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the video is what it is. I mean, unless the guy said something out of control. I mean, you, you, we saw what the video was. Yeah. We saw Elliot, you know, it, it's not like he, he he got instigated to to push the guy over. He decided to push the guy over, right? So, we, we also watched the video. So, you're laying it out that the commissioner says, you do this and this. Um, you know, a suspension will not come your way. But if you decide not to do that, then I'm going to suspend you. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think he highly suggests what to do. Yeah, you might be. I mean, listen, you might be right about that. Because look I, at Brady. They, they wanted him to apologize for the deflate gate thing. He said no, and then they, they gave him the four games. Right, and, but that deflate game was at a, a deflate different level. A different level than what we're talking about here with Elliot. But that's fair. I mean, I, you know, you could easily make the argument that maybe Brady would have been suspended anyway if he, he just played 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 ball a little bit with the league offices, but maybe not as significant as it turned out to be. Or here's another theory. They just spin a wheel, and whatever it lands on, <laughs> that's what they do. Because how many times well, we have no clue what this commissioner is going to do. I didn't think he was going to get suspended for this. It was It's a bad look, no doubt about it, but I didn't think he was going to get suspended for, for this, this. No, I, I didn't either. I didn't either, Zach. But here's the, here's the issue I have with Elliot is when's it, when's it going to stop? When when does this behavior stop? Like you you bring up the Brady Deflategate issue, right? And the Patriots uh, have had you know Bounty Gate, uh, not Bounty Gate, Deflategate, Spygate, everything. Else. So they, they've had other issues and run-ins with the league office. Zeke Elliott, you know, he was a guy coming out of Columbus that you know was a great teammate. People question maybe a little bit of his personality away from the football field. Uh, there were certainly, you know, played hard, partied hard at Ohio State. Um, has been a guy to be known to do that as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. But this behavior that he does have now, um, it continues to rear its ugly head. These decisions, it's easy to say, well, I'm immature. He's a multimillionaire young professional football player. He's a young man. He's not 16, 17 years of age. We all make mistakes in our decisions when we're 15, 16, 17. But ultimately... You know, you are in charge of your decisions. You hope to learn from those mistakes. For Ezekiel Elliott, when does he learn from those mistakes? When does this nonsense stop? You don't know. And, hey, we asked the same thing about and different levels of severity, but with Jameis Winston, with uh, Tyreek Hill, and nothing changes. So I don't know what makes it click to get the player to understand. Just simply, when I go out, even if you want to go out, go to a public concert, fine, no problem. Maybe you have to do a Des Bryant babysitter 
to make sure that if anything goes crazy, you pull the guy away. But think about that. I mean, you're a guy in your 20s, in your early 20s here, Ezekiel Elliott, and you have to basically have a chaperone telling you what to do and what not to do. It's ridiculous. Right? Like it's a, basically like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I mean, that that's utterly ridiculous. When, you know, you're Kareem Hunt. And and he's getting you know when you're at a you know you when you're at a bar with a buddy of yours and you get into such a violent argument that the police have to be called and you're getting questioned by the authorities, I mean something's wrong. Like you know we've all gotten into arguments. We've gotten into arguments at work. We've gotten into arguments at home. We've gotten into arguments with buddies at bars, college, whatever it might be. Zach, I, I, I've never gotten into an argument. I've gotten into some heated debates with people. I've never gotten into an argument where the people are, are feel so frightened or fearful that they're actually calling the police to get the situation to calm down. And then you look at Elliot, he's his own worst enemy. One of my reason to believe here is that this is going to stop. If I'm, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm Stephen Jones, you know, I have to put my head to the pillow concerned every night that this might rear its ugly head in the not-so-distant future, and maybe the next situation's worse. Because also, that offense, he's the most important piece in that well, offense. Well, that's it. I mean, that's it. Say what you want about Dak. Dak, to me, is an above-average quarterback. Well, I don't disagree with you. And Ezekiel Elliott and the run offense makes his job easier. And that's the great differentiation between franchise quarterbacks and your your average quarterbacks is I think you take a guy like – I don't think Brady needs a ground game. I don't think Roethlisberger needs a ground game. Aaron Rodgers, I think those guys can be successful. The team might not be successful, but they can be successful throwing the football. I don't think Dak Prescott can be successful throwing the football, dropping back 30 or 40 times a game and consistently be accurate enough. He needs that ground game to be able to lean on. Oh, yeah. No, you're you're dead on on that because if Dak's throwing the football 45 times a game – I don't like the Cowboys' chances. And that's a Cowboys team that has a good defense. Uh, the quarterback can win. He's he's not, to me, ever going to be a Hall of Famer, but he could make the big throws. He showed that last year. But you need that running attack. And uh, this is what happens when you take someone that has a, a pass like this. You may feel good in the now, but you never know when it's gonna when it's gonna spiral out of control. All right, I'm gonna ask you to, to play a little bit of uh, you know uh, Mr. Predictor here on this on this Thursday morning. Do you think this is the in the next 12 months? Do you think this is the last incident we hear from Ezekiel Elliott? <sighs> I'm gonna say yes. You think it is? I, I don't know why, but I'm gonna say no. So he got six games for the last situation. Correct. Where I think it was Kia Roberts suggested don't suspend him any games. Right. Um, He's back in the principal's office, let's just say. Now now we'll really know how much he's changed. Because he already had one incident. Now you're back in there for, let's say, a minor infraction. Minor. Not that big of a deal. If he's back in there within the next year... Even if it's minor, the commissioner is going to have to do something. Well, and the question is, will he be back in that? Will he be in the next, you know, by July 4th, 2020, do you think we'll hear of a story of Ezekiel Elliott meeting with the NFL commissioner again? I think we will. Okay. I think we will. I don't think, I, I have a hard time thinking that he's really learned his lesson. And that's that's ultimately the problem I have is that if if, God, if you didn't learn your lesson after the last situation and you watch the video, there's no need for it. You know, you it's unnecessary. Like, it's unnecessary. I mean, Zach, we 
And listen, he's a young guy. I understand he. But why can't you just walk away? Like that's the thing. Well, I don't that's get. what I don't understand. You're Ezekiel. You know, anytime you do something, it's going to be all over TMZ. They have people. This is not 1937. Everyone has a cell phone. All it takes is one move. Someone gets you on video, no and you're done. No, no. And... E- even if someone said something disgusting to you, that video is going to be there of you pushing the guy. Well, right. Just it. Just walk away. And we're all for defending yourself, and nobody has ever any right to say anything that they want to somebody. I get that, but. You've got more to lose. If you're Elliot, you've got more to lose than any other Tom, Dick, and Harry that you're going to run into on a nightly basis. You've got everything to lose. You've got millions of dollars, your professional career. You've got, you know, your reputation, all of that. But, Zach, we've all seen this. People grow up and mature at different stages. For Elliot, he is given now a little bit of leeway. He's not going to miss any games. What you hope is that with this meeting, with the public apology, he's learned his lesson. And I don't know, if he didn't learn his lesson after six games and getting that suspension, now you have this situation in Vegas. Why do I think he's going to learn his lesson now? No, I, I can't I can't disagree with you. I, I don't know. Something tells me also that contract coming up 2021, maybe you try to, to be on your best behavior. Be on your best behavior. Yeah. Right now, would you invest in Elliott long-term if you're the Cowboys? You I need think, him. I think you have to. You have I think to. you have to. Even with the concerns. Yes. Even with all of that, you're going to give him the kind of contract he's looking for. You're going to give him a Todd Gurley type of contract. You, you have an opportunity to win now. So what has the NFL showed us? Winning well, they, triumphs everything. No, I get it. Talent wins, reigns above all else. That is a risky proposition. We're seeing it rear its ugly head with the with the Los Angeles Rams, with Gar, Gurley dealing with that arthritic condition in his knee. Now that's physical. With Elliott, it's not physical. It's his behavior away from the football field. And investing that kind of money into an if and not a certainty, that'd be a concern. But you're right down on correct. I think Dallas Cowboys would definitely do it. They did it with Des Bryant. They're going to do it with Ezekiel Elliott. They'll get him a babysitter. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> I'm right. being serious. I don't disagree. You're absolutely right. We, I laugh because it's sad. It's, and it's ridiculous. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk to Billy King, uh, former Nets GM, uh, NBA TV. He's going to join Zach and myself next. It's a Thursday morning. Happy 4th, everyone. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 